Hello, my name's Jeremy. I'm sitting on top of Maharishi Mesh Yogi's house in Rishikesh, the foothills of the Himalayas. This is my podcast feed that I've done podcasts before on under my name. I am attempting to start doing podcasts again, but probably under a slightly different name. I'm thinking of calling it Homecoming. I want to um, record conversations with people that I find found their way home to themselves. Uh, masters and teachers of spiritual lineages and yogis and such that have, uh, can articulate the roadmap of which one comes home to themselves. And anyone else I find fascinating, if it's scientists, if it's people on the spiritual path, if it's people just on a path that they're experiencing life, which is pretty much includes absolutely everyone on the planet. But ultimately I want it to be about how we might come home to ourselves because that's something that's been really important to me in terms of finding peace. And I'm doing it from this first episode from someone that's influenced me a fair amount on my journey, uh, Maharishi Meshyogi. This is the ashram that the Beatles uh, learnt transcendental meditation in and recorded some albums from. It's, it's got a very powerful energy and this house that I'm on top of was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi lived. He, I'm on the roof, I climbed up to the roof and I'm overlooking the Ganga River that comes out of the Himalayas, which is the main mother energy that f of water that floods through a lot of India, giving it all life. So I want to or attempt to do this. The reason I, I've been quite silent for the last couple of years, I don't know when the last episode was, but I feel like it was more than two years ago. And I've taken like a break and pulled back from the world a lot, as a lot of people have during COVID. I did two and I went to nature and um, just got still. For reasons I'll explain more in other episodes. But I want to just give you a bit of an idea here what I want to do with this series. And also a bit of an idea of like a quick background of um, I suppose, so you get an idea of who it is that's speaking, i.e. me that's speaking, and a little bit of a context of why I'm going to do this. Really, I just want to do this because my intention is to um, feel, I feel like I need to be in the world again, and this is my way that feels charming to be in the world. With this series, I want it to be about one's spiritual journey or one's just journey through life and what it is to feel at home in themselves. Because I'm noticing that uh, is it quite a bit of like there's always been divide and life has always been troublesome in ways, and I find that it's getting quite intensely divisive in terms of uh, everything that the pandemic brought up in people. And I suppose if all this stress was underlying the, this, it just all came to the surface in the way people behaved in a stressful time, which is totally understandable. And it seems that mental health is just is, is, is in real need, people are in real need of restoring their equilibrium inside themselves from all the stresses that are in their external environment. And I know that's what it was for me and that's, um, that's why I want to talk about it. So I feel like it, uh, I'm contributing something that is meaningful to me. I have no idea if it will be meaningful to anyone else. Um, I don't want to have any expectations of this in terms of what it may or may not 
impact, if it helps one person, amazing. If it doesn't, that's fine too. I just want to do it because it will help me <laughs> be, be in the world. I feel like uh, my choice is, I feel a lot of desire to pull back from the world a lot, a lot, you know, because I found it quite abrasive on my senses. A lot of fear and a lot of um, control and just all this intense energy that um, being sensitive like I am, it was um, stressed me out, I guess. So I just found it really appealing to quiet and quiet and quiet and quiet and pull back, pull back. And, you know, I've, I'll contextualize this quickly. You know, I grew up in a very, very spiritual household. Um, I'm 37 now. I grew up in a very intense, um, beautifully powerful spiritual practice in a community that you could call Christian. Um, and it was, you know, weekly Wednesdays and Sundays, we'd have sit around in circles and talk about our feelings and share ourselves vulnerably for each other to reflect how they saw their heart. You know, like things that basically share ourselves in order to come closer to our heart. And it was all done under the purpose of feeling like you're uniting with Jesus and God. And so it was under a, a strict, I suppose, strictly fundamentalist idea of God and Jesus from a Christian standpoint. And I, I personally feel like it was an evolution of sorts from conventional Christianity because it was more intimate and heart orientated and self-referring between oneself and the divine or oneself and God or oneself and uh, I suppose a more expansive, higher state of consciousness. But it was also quite, I found it to personally to be quite entangled in a bit of control and a bit of conditionalness because once I left, so I, you know, like for me, I had really, really, really rich experiences with people in this community from the youngest age. I remember connecting with God when I was seven or eight. I knew about God or like this place inside my heart to find peace and love and unity from the youngest age, from I suppose when I could start speaking. I remember hearing about these, you know, like I remember learning about it because that's the household I grew up in. And then um, from, you know, the, as early as I can remember, I'd be going to Wednesdays and Sunday meetings where we'd talk about our heart and share vulnerably. So I had these really, really rich experiences of the, I've never been able to really find ever since, since I left, because it was all under the proviso of like this immense sense of purpose, like we're, we're connected to Jesus and um, we're a body of people that are purifying ourselves, like ide as in like ridding ourselves of our selfish tendencies and behaviors in order to be more and more selfless and just about here for God, like people of God. That's the way it was described and, um, and embodied. And I, I learned so much from it. And I, um, there's pros and cons and all these kind of things that I'll go into in more detail later. But yeah, that, that yielded a real um, shutting my eyes, listening to my heart experience from yeah, you know, like seven, eight, nine. I remember feeling like it's a transformative experience when I was 16 of what they call being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which for me was just like 
it came over me spontaneously and felt like this physical sensation coming right into my chest that was just pure love and it was totally overwhelming. And I've had many mystical experiences like that since. And I, I know that they're not, they're not conjured up or just ideas or your imagination because they come upon spontaneously. It's almost like you desire them, but then at a random point, they just hit you and expand you to this other dimension of reality. The, um, from what I've seen since, it's like talked about in so many different lineages of wisdom traditions and spiritual teachings. And so I had those experiences and, um, and they were really profound and it was a very intense, regular, like my whole life was about this place. So when I left at 24, it was very abrupt and painful to realize that those relationships were conditional upon me being in the same agreement as everyone in that church, which is a couple of hundred people scattered around the world. And my family is in it and my closest friends and I always felt like the rest of the world, my personal experiences was that I was um, at this slight better than complex because one of the human tendencies is like if I'm laying my life down for God and I see everyone else in the world as worldly, doing their selfish things with pleasuresome things, I would justify what I'm doing as better because otherwise why would I do it, I guess. And, um, but that created a divide with me, with me and people and everyone outside the world. So that was one of the many reasons I left is just other than this conviction that I'd regret my life unless I experienced what reality was like outside of the bubble that I was in. Uh, and that sent me into a a spiritual void and depression and um, a lot of mental illness and sadness and pain and feeling othered by the church that, and the people that I was with. Um, and again, this is all said with absolute love because everyone is just doing their best and what they want to do with their life. And as I did, and you only find out, it, was, it felt like jumping off a cliff when I left. I d didn't really think about what it was that I was doing or the consequences of how it would affect myself or others. It just felt an overwhelming sense of conviction to do it. It was, I'll talk more in detail about that, but it was essentially, I, I, was, I was with this woman that I found beautiful and we had this romantic connection in LA when I was touring with the comedians that I work with. And um, she had just been signed by Jay-Z and she was a singer and up and coming and she's English. And she reminded me of back when I grew up in London and she was doing all the things that I felt guilty for doing, I felt selfish for doing. And she, she was having the ball. And it just, it made me realize, I, I, I started falling for her. And we had this intense, I suppose, holiday romance, but being as sensitive and um, heart open as I was, uh, it was very, it was, a, it was a profound shift for me. So she catalyzed me leaving the church but it kind of brought to the surface some doubts that I'd been having for about a year and before that. So it was just the thing that flicked me over. I'm so grateful that she did. And she doesn't know this either, I haven't ever told her, but... Then I left and yeah, went into a real spiritual void or a void in general, um, but I spat myself out into the world and was super curious about everything. Exploring relationships, traveling, um, all these things and 
partying, ex experimenting with drugs, all these things that I'd never really done before, to the extent of feeling free and not guilty about it. So I felt, I felt like I really um, experimented and explored my curiosity, which I've always been really curious, but this, this was more untethered than ever. And by consequence of doing that, I like, lost some, you know, I, I, I really felt I was in the void. I had no roadmap for what existence was, what's the nature of reality. Like, um, I really walked away from my spiritual relationship with that intimate inner re relationship with the divine or God. And, um, and it was just like a shit show of everything. And so slow, when I got, I got really depressed, um, through sadness and um, loneliness and to the point where I was looking at like I felt like this suffering was so intense that I was thinking about taking my life just as the only option to end it I couldn't find any other way to end it I didn't I couldn't possibly go back to the church um, I couldn't find any other tool so I started seeing a psychologist had a couple of epiphanies and one divine moment of divine intervention where I'll talk about later. And then um, I started meditating, super disciplined every day for nine months. And then after nine months, I noticed I was one foot away from the dark cloud. And, you know, f first it was my, uh, the main teacher I found is um, Alan Watts, the way he talked about Christianity in a kind of a, and spirituality and Taoism in a very comedic, entertaining way really appealed to me. I found him very funny and lighthearted. And so he was my first real teacher outside the church. Um, so, you know, it's Jesus was, and I still hold Jesus and the teachings of Jesus as um, I feel like he's, he still resonates with me. And um, then it was Alan Watts. And then it was um, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, where I am now, and learning another type of meditation technique. This was, I started meditating about 12 years ago and started doing the Vedic meditation or transcendental meditation about eight years ago. And then Alan Watts, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, then it was um, our Buddha as well, after Alan Watts. And all these other sages and saints. And um, who else? Paramahansa Yogananda really resonated. Johnny Pollard, my teacher, who taught me um, Vedic meditation. He is teacher's teacher, teacher's teacher is Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. So he's down that lineage. Um, yeah, these, all these teachers uh, have really impacted me. Sadhguru really impacted me. But ultimately I find um, I haven't wanted to subscribe to any other thing. I just wanted to explore and I, I, the more intensely I, I explored the different lineages and teachings. Beautiful eagle flying over, that's so cool. The more I saw the commonality in all the different practices and the, the, all the different wisdom traditions and spiritual traditions. And the teachers that I love the most are the ones like Krishnamurti who, basically says, don't follow a guru, just go direct to, the, to God. And I really resonate with that because for me, being the excitement my nervous system and being still and going within is how I connect to the divine, how I connect to God is that void, is that nothingness, the shiva. And in quantum physics, the 99.99% nothing, nothingness in every atom 
and then there's the somethingness of the proton, the electron pinging around. That's like the shakti, the movement, and then or the materialization and the void that holds everything, the space that is made up of the, the cosmos is made, or the entire universe is made up of, is the shiva, is the nothingness, the nothing from which everything is created and is in dance with. As you look around, again, I cross-reference things with what, how I can perceive them, like if they seem to be true in nature. Nature for me is like the litmus test for all the truths and t teachings. If, if I can perceive it in nature, then it, it kind of feels right. You know, if it resonates in my mind, in my chest, in my heart and in my gut, it resonates. And I love, and I, I want to be exploring all these ancient traditions. And, you know, the indigenous Aussies talk about the biggest brain is the stomach or the gut, and then the second biggest is the heart, and the third biggest, or the, the smallest, is the brain and the mind. And so, and I've, and I've heard other, you know, like teachings in Africa, about beautiful lineages of wisdom and I'll explore all these ones with you and I want to explore these ones but the idea again and so that, that brings it where am I at so that brings me up to like I got got stop getting depressed um, resolve that through just practice or yoga and then um, yeah really healed it and I had in in that whole like I suppose the last 12 years of healing myself um, it's funny my life feels like it's been in 12-year cycles, which they say is Saturn returns, Saturn return or something. Don't know really about much about that. But anyway, I feel like this is a, a shift in things. And yeah, so, so I want to share my whole journey of my experience with these things and these practices in hope that it might help other people. Because I, I suppose my choice is I can just keep doing my practice and keep pulling back from the world but I feel desire or charm to be in the world and connect with people. And um, yeah, so this is how I know how to do that or how I feel to do that. And again, I don't want to have any expectations or anything out of this. I just want to do it and because I want to do it. So yeah, I just, just want to spit all this out. Again, I don't want to be preaching with any of this. I, I just want to be sharing my direct experience about nature of reality, my direct experience with how I've overcome depression, how I've overcome anxiety without medication. And I know this isn't, I'm to say that anyone else should do it this way. I know there's a million ways to go through life or infinite ways. And everyone has an actually entirely unique way, which is remarkable. But from my observation that there is common threads in terms of not just teachings, but like the, the structure of our inner reality terms of fear, love, what we desire, this unity experience we have with one another, which we call love or shared, shared experiences. So I want I wanted to talk about um, that. I want this whole series to be about exploring how we can come home to ourselves because I've experienced such rich, dynamic, beautiful, blissful, shared experiences with other people. And I feel like our world and our people and we could all be getting along so much more coherently and intelligently than we are in terms of, in our Western culture particularly, is just driven by divisiveness and narcissism and self-obsession. And I find that really repulsive because it's, for me, my experience, I find it 
unfulfilling and, um, and unfortunate. But I get it and I get, I get why we're driven like that because our culture is that way. It's the culture which we're brought up in. And I've, you know, I've, I've been a child of that. You know, that's my, that's my, my culture. <laughs> Consuming and making myself feel better through all these things that are just ultimately um, quite trivial and trite. And again, I don't want to be causing judgment on other people for doing whatever they're doing. This is just like my experience of those things. And I feel like I've explored quite a lot of different avenues to an nth degree. And that's what I talk about more. And like in even changing my personality, like with pulling back from the world. I've been a very extroverted person and um, I explored that quite a bit. And now, now I feel like, oh, what would it be like if I was an introverted person? And then I explored that quite a bit. Yeah, so I feel like this is, this, I'm just dribbling all this out, but I think it will be a bit about just the exploration of consciousness or the exploration of what it is to live in this world and what, how we can have jurisdiction over our inner reality so we're totally free. That's what I really care about a lot. When I, when I was so depressed and, and down, I had no jurisdiction over my own reality. I was like, I was absolutely enslaved to the compulsions of my mind, of my thoughts, of my thinking. And it was awful. It was so awful that I wanted to kill myself. And that's why I feel such tremendous compassion for people that are in those states. And the World Health Organization talks about depression, anxiety, and mental disorders are gonna be the number one health issue facing humanity. And the next pandemic will be that of mental illness. And so that's why I feel this call to action to share my experience of how I've resolved my mental illness because I'm being fucking mental and I found a way to resolve it. And I don't want it to come across as preachy. I, I just want it to come across as me sharing my own experience and hopefully mapping the commonality of all these wisdom traditions and a lot of it is yoga, is union, is coming home to oneself. And it's the, it's, it's the spirituality that, like in the West, we're so spiritually impoverished. And it's restoring that, that union with what it is that we are. It's, it's coming home to the what it is that we are that you can really only, I find, touch base with when you de-excite the nervous system and be still and settle down to the base base layers of what it is that you are. And then you come out and you have those shared, those points of unity, if you see a child or if you see a puppy or an animal or nature, there's coherence and beauty in all these things. And so my desire is to somehow inspire that in the West, or at least inspire enough in my own field to be having those experiences with people around me because being in the West, I find very challenging as I have these deeper experience or more expansive experiences. I come into the, into the world again, it's all just very buzzy and distracting and like the program is so predictable and the rhythms are just, um, for me, un totally unfulfilling compared to the expansive, deep awareness state that one can experience. And then again, this is, a, this is all a spectrum. But from what I can tell and what we know, it's fair, I feel like it's pretty objectively fair to say there's this peak human experience available to us called enlightenment that 
we can experience or dip our toes in, hopefully establish entirely and, and remain there as great yogis, sages, saints have done over, throughout time. But there's that place within us that we can attain. What, like, why, why the fuck aren't we all chasing that with vigor? You know, that's, and that's what people are in India. It's, it's beautifully so rich here with the pursuit of that. Like everyone acknowledges each other with hands together and or hands on heart and I see you and me and this, this warm, true, authentic seeing self in other. And so I want this process of this content series to be in part about exploring this peak human experience available to us and how we might attain it, how we might mechanics of it, the process of acquiring it. And so we can roadmap it somewhat for someone that is in the West, like myself. And yeah, in my, I want to share some of my experiences I've had like on my 30th birthday where I feel like, uh, it's un unequivocally, I've, I've felt a moment of absolute enlightenment, total bliss, total unity, consciousness. I just merged back with the oceanic state of totality and just sat in it for a couple of minutes and then came back to, and I, they call this, um, you only really know you've been there when you just pop out. There's this fine layer of, and again, this is my experience there, maybe so different to another person's experience. And all I know is my own experience, but it came again, one, like these beautiful divine gifts. It just, it came spontaneously and it was, my whole body was tingling like in this wave of like up and down my body. Like it just fucking waves. Like it was totally phenomenal. And it transformed me after that, I was like, and that was me asking, like being frustrated with all my upbringing, going, what is God, what is God? I was like, and I just asking, give me, if you're there, if this is real, give me an objective experience of you. Not my conditioned experience of what I've been taught, what I've read about, just give me a direct experience of what it is you are. And fuck man, I was crying after because it got delivered and it was, phenomenal and not like even trying to put it into words is again it gets is the moment we try to even express these experiences they get misinterpreted reduced um, but that's the best we can do that's what we're going to do with my clumsy old language I'm going to try to spit them out so that we can just talk about them normalize them but once what, what they deliver is direct experience and knowing of what reality is, what this miraculous, expansive multitude of expressions of itself that life is. It's fucking phenomenal. That's my little blabber of what I want this thing to be about. And um, yeah, I hope that, thanks for listening, if you have listened, because I acknowledge your time is valuable. And I love you, I am you. <laughs> and I hope you motherfuckers get some beautiful moments in your day today or your night tonight or wherever, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. And I really hope that this inspires or promotes some sense of peace or sense of home in yourself, some sense of togetherness, some sense of belonging yeah, because that's what I want to contribute. I want to, I want to contribute this feeling of 
we're the same deep down. It all boils down to the same thing. I feel like our culture is really hyper-identified with ourselves, or our ideas of ourselves, or certain identities. And, and there's a spectrum in this whole thing, but I'm just going to express my experience and give thanks for my teachers and give thanks for... I just feel so grateful to be alive. I feel so, so happy that I chose to live. <laughs> I think it's phenomenal that we can have... Um, the, 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 the mind is capable of wanting to destroy the body that I live in, or it's capable of ecstasy and all androgynously produced, you know. Yeah, I think I'm just crying because I feel so happy. I it was just when I said that, I feel so happy I chose to live. My friend took his life a few months ago. I understood for the first time I was like, I didn't feel like it was selfish. I felt like it was brave. That, and I understood that he had the guts to even do that. It's often, I think, mis misunderstood as, and I know energetically it causes so much pain. I'd want to mention reality, but on another dimension, at his memorial, I connected with him and he just said to me, it was all too much. It was, it was just too much, he said those words and I was like I know I understood and he must have been worse than I was when I was thinking about it because he actually did it I love him so much I feel for him so much my senses in the next lifetime and my blessing and my desire for him in the next lifetime he'll realize what it is that he is because my feeling about things is it's an eternal aspect of what this whole thing is of life. Because that's the eternal part that we touch in ourselves when we drop into these deeper, expansive states. And it's that, if it's his soul or is, that's traveling into another body now, I've, I feel like it will, and I feel like it will come back with a deeper realization. My desire, my strong desire for my soul to his, May he become aware of what, he, what it is that he is on the deepest level. May he touch that, may he experience that at one point in his next life so he can have a direction to move towards. Because that's what it seems that this whole experience is, the peak experience is an ultimate homecoming to ourselves, to what it is that we are. Just beyond the mind. The last time I caught up, caught up with him, I was help, trying to help him and can give him direction and, or give him practices. And Anyway, I won't go into all the details of everything, but he chose the path that he chose and that's what we all have, free will. And I am happy that he freed himself because that's how he knew how. That's how, how we knew how. And that's his journey, that's his karma, that's his path. And for me, it was my path and my journey to do it the way I've done it. And we don't know how many lifetimes each of us have had before. We don't know what it means beyond these points. We don't, it's just all a whole 
insanely, supremely intelligent cohesion and complex, infinite potentiality situation with this whole life in, in the multitude of people that, and life forms. <laughs> Sorry if that sounded a bit cosmic. I'm just trying to wrap my head around everything or not or to express my experience of how I see things. But yeah, I, I feel sad because I feel, I see what's, what we're capable of and I'm just so fucking glad I chose to stay, to persist, because it was grueling the discipline it took to meditate twice a day, every day. I did this Buddhist one I just YouTubed and um, I just stuck to it. And I'm so fucking glad I did because I get to experience what I've experienced in the years since. Oh God, fuck. And that's, that's one of the epiphanies I had was like, well, if I've been happy before, maybe I can get back to being happy again. But when you're so depressed and your, your mind is just OCD, neurotically, compulsively addicted to thought, 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 thought and dark thoughts, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's like a downward spiral so rapid and it's slippery slope. I've experienced those in, on, on like a, a hero's dose of mushrooms or like an intense dose of psychedelic mushrooms where it was like you induce those kind of that slippery state. Like you're on, I felt like I was on this, I was at Burning Man at P. Diddy's party <laughs> and it was, I was just sitting on this art car which was like a bed and I, I was slipping real dark real quick and I, I felt like my body wanted, I could vomit if, to try to get this over with, but I felt I wanted to stay in it to, to go through the psychological challenge of staying on the peak of the mountain without slipping down real fucking fast either side. And so I just went up into lotus positions, straightened my spine and did my best to just navigate this through hours of just like intense, intense fucking experience. But that, that was like another, experience that I'll go into a later date. So yeah, I'm so glad I existed. So I hope that if anyone's listening that has got depression or has got these dark, dark experiences, that it's possible to resolve, you know, and I don't know what yours are like and I don't know the extent of which you're at, how long you've been in it, what trauma you've experienced that catalyzed it. Don't know any of that. But I know that it's possible because the power of nature is so much so that anything's possible. I do know that I did it myself and I do know that I wanted to die and I do know that the, the suffering was, it was, in, it was so much, it was so much. And I got through it, I resolved it at a foundational level, I transcended it and it took years of discipline and it's still I'm still on the path to it 12 years on after pivoting out of it and I know that you've don't, when you're that dark you don't even have the motivation or desire to pivot out of it that's one of the the most precarious aspects is that like I don't you know I don't care you know, like people say oh it's so selfish to take your life but you don't understand the effect you have on anyone else is just not, like you can have loved ones around you loving you genuinely but it doesn't register 
Like you're, it's not even in your realm of thinking how you affect someone else because your inner reality is so intensely dark that fuck man, you know, you can't judge someone in that state because unless you know what it's like or have a flavor of what that's like, yeah, we can't judge. Again, I'm, that's one thing I'm trying to drop is judgment because I do have a lot of that. And I've got a lot of follies and flaws that I've still got that I'm trying to resolve and that's why stillness again has been such a lesson in not reacting or perpetuating the back and forthness of being in the world and, and being still and then responding from a place that I choose to respond from rather than just endless compulsions which um, in my experience of a lot in the West and how we are often is that. So yeah, that, that's me talking. I don't know how long that went on for. That's me talking. I'm a bit nervous about being vulnerable and sharing this. I, I'm gonna to try to be sensitive to people that are close in my life so I don't um, do anything without permission or being insensitive, which I definitely don't want to do. And I've been insensitive with people in the past for sure. Um, but I want to be completely transparent. I feel to be completely honest. And because that's what I grew up doing. I feel like that's what I, I feel good doing. Um, I feel like, wh why, why not? <laughs> you know, what have, what have I got to hide? What's, wh why wouldn't I? Because like, it's just life. And, and, I want, and I love the feeling of feeling free. Like I feel free when I share it. Um, I feel like it allows me, it liberates me and it frees me. And that's what I feel very drawn to doing. So there you go. That's what this series is going to be about. I think I'll call it Homecoming. And like I say, I'm going to share my experiences. I want to speak to different people and hope that it does something good. But if not, it's doing something good for me. So lots of love, lots and lots of love. Love, 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 love. Mm -hmm. <laughs>